more for us. Amen? I loved Pastor Kathy's session, I have to say. I have never heard somebody preach on that verse. What's the verse again? <laughs> she laughs without fear of the future. Love that. That's my, my daughter's favorite verse, so I definitely need to get a copy of that. So, but I love this scripture that the whole conference is based on. I love it because I think that um, it's got so much richness for us. It tells us everything that God wants for us in this one um, scripture. So I'm going to read it out again for you. Um, it's taken from the message translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. Dear, dear, equip her, 2018. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Now, I love this because it's saying, you're living small lives. You know, it's like, welcome to this wonderful, expansive life, but for some reason, you are living small lives. And it's not the smallness that's been given to you, it's actually a smallness that lives within you. So in the course of this moment that we have together, I want to deal with what I think is probably the primary cause of smallness in our lives. We're going to deal with it once and for all in this session. Who's ready for that? Fantastic. And the reason why the smallness lives within us and that we are all living much smaller lives than God ever intended for us to live is the fact that we've all got issues. Even the boys. <laughs> Have you noticed that? That everyone has issues these days? You see, I don't think we had these much issues when I was growing up, although I feel like I'm still growing up. But, you know, I don't remember us talking about issues. It seems like this is probably one of the primary topics of conversation. If we're not talking about our own issues, we're talking about somebody else's issues. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you've got issues. <laughs> Everybody's got issues. We've got trust issues. Commitment issues. Right? We've got anger issues. We've got daddy issues. We've got abandonment issues. We've got rejection issues. We've got self-esteem issues. We've got so many issues, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Issue, issue, issue. And not only that, but we are now very clever with our issues. We are so educated with our issues. 
I can tell you exactly what your issues are. I just have to talk to you five minutes. And I'm like, mm. Mm-hmm. You're all there, you know, praise Jesus, but I know you've got issues. You know. We are so well educated with our own issues. I mean, now we've got a label for everything. I mean, we've got a, what is it? Disorder. We've got a disorder for everything. You know, you feel like a little bit overwhelmed in life. You have a disorder. Now, we are so well-educated and well-versed about our issues. And I think that this is not helping us. You know, now, it's, it's like, you know, well, if you know what the problem is, then that is the first step of, you know, finding a solution. Awareness is the first step, Pastor Say. Well, we are all aware. And is it helping us? I'm not sure. I wonder if the Corinthians had issues. And that's why Paul was saying to them, dear, dear Corinthians, the smallness was not given to you. It actually lives within you. This is an expansive, wide, open life that we want you to embrace. Open up your lives. The problem is, is that I think that as a society, we become so issue. <coughs> Some sort of disorder going on here. <laughs> Take my medicine. Okay. We're so issue conscious that to the point where I think we've become issue centric. Everything is about what is wrong with us. I mean, think about your mental real estate. If your brain was like a whole piece of land, how much real estate do you give to thoughts of what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, what you don't have, what you wish you had, what you, <clears throat> what you wish you were doing? How much of it? The thing is that we've become very issue-centric, and I think we've brought that in the church. And sometimes church feels like this. This is my creative team. I just ask them to put something, a little something, something, something together for us here at Equip Her. And this is what I would say could be a typical E group. Hi. Great, are you alright? Yeah, I'm alright. I've just been to the cabbage gym. Right, okay. Nice one. Are you having a cup of tea? Oh, yes, please, yeah. yeah. Okay. Everyone else is sorted out, mate. You, you don't want another one. Right. You don't want another one. Do you want another one? Have you got anything to eat? I'm just straight from work. I'm yeah, starving. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Hey, we've got a, a new person coming tonight. Oh, have we? Do we know them? No. You know, they're brand new to the church, and this is the first group that they're trying. Hey! Here we go. Hi! 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 Uh, uh, come in. Did 
tide is okay. I hear it's really straightforward, thanks. Yeah, I thought it would be. Can I, I'll take Co, yeah. and everybody else can introduce themselves. I'm Anxiety. You're... Anxiety, yeah. In fact, you being here is a huge relief because I was so worried that you wouldn't turn up last night. I got no sleep. And today, I got nothing done at work. And um, now that you're here, I'm uh, having a silent panic attack about how I'm being perceived. Do you prefer tea or coffee? Oh, a cold drink would be fine. Hi. I am depression. Oh, right. You're probably going to want to speak to these guys because I am the least interesting person here. Well, I'm uh, I'm financial hardship. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't come all the time, just so you know. Um, I, I can't always afford the bus, and I don't like to ask for lifts and things, you know. I offer everything. It's miles away out of your way, and it's oh, that doesn't matter. There's biscuits here. Sit down. I'm failed marriage. I have to get a babysitter to come every week, but I still get here. Hello. Hi. I'm long-term illness. Bit of a long story though, so I'll tell you later, alright. Sorry guys, I am late. Hello? Who are you? I'm um I'm Susan. The guys put that together for me last week, so when you put the hand put your hands together for the guys. The thing is, we've become so issue-centric that I feel like that's exactly what we do in church. Everything becomes about, in our Christian walk, in our Christian experience, of what we want God to take away, or what we want God to heal, or what we want God to set us free from. Every day, or every, every time we get together, every Sunday service, we're coming, and we're coming with our issues. But the thing is, you have to understand that your pastors don't see you as an issue, I mean, seriously, if you were to come into our church and you come in with your issue, I mean, we don't say to you, you know, like, you know, what's your issue? You know, we're like, oh, hi, you know, who are you? Well, you know, I'm Anxiety. Oh, that's great. Um, nice to meet you, Anxiety. Did you meet my husband? We're the pastors of the church. Did you meet my husband? Never happy on the, uh, <laughs> on the door? And I'm pathologically insecure. <laughs> and so, um, I'll, I'll, let me just introduce you to infertility here. And uh, infertility, um, well, she, she runs a, her own e-group. And uh, I think this, oh, that's right. Come over here. Yeah, come, come, come. Come and meet anxiety. Yeah. This is more children than she can poke a stick at. And, uh, and I think bulimia might live near you, that she could, like, give you a hand, she could give you a lift into e-group. It would be fantastic. Really great people. We don't do that. We're not issue. We're not, we don't see you as any issue. You are not your issue. You are not your issue. I need you to know something, that it's not your issue that defines you. But more often than not, we have become so issue-centric that we have now made our issue 
our identity. We've become synonymous with our struggle. We've become synonymous with what has happened to us. We've become synonymous with our mistakes. We've become synonymous with our failures, with our problems, the things that have happened to us. We are now failed marriage. We are now divorcee. We are now bereaved. We are now guilt. We are now um, grief. We are now addiction. We are now loser. We are now, you know, uh, um, disappointment. And we become synonymous with our issue. And I just want you to take a moment right now and ask yourself, is this true? Is this true that I have actually become one with my issue? I feel like we, we're so educated with our labels that we've, we think they are who we are. I mean, back in probably my grandmother's day, nobody had issues. Nobody owned their struggles. It was everybody else's problem. You were the problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> I'm not controlling. You just, you know, you have obviously have a problem. But now we've almost swung the other way. And we own our issues so much that we're now possessive. It's mine. It's my issue, my precious. I don't know who I am without my issue anymore. The thing is, we're getting so good at knowing what our issues are that now we don't know who we are without them. Have you ever noticed that somebody just seems to be going around the same mountain over and over again? Rejection. Come to the front, Lord. Heal me. Next weekend. Lord. And you're just like, come on. Come on. Come on, we prayed about this. Come on. Come on. This is, what the, this is what the Lord does. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to tell you. You are not your issue. It is not who you are. It is not who you are. You could actually draw a line between your issue and you. This is not who you are. This may be something that happened to you. maybe may be something that you have done, but it is not who you are. It is not your name. It is not your name. Guilt is not your name. Shame is not your name. Depression is not your name. Sickness is not your name. Divorce is not your name. Family breakdown is not your name. Failure is not your name. It is not who you are. When Jesus comes into our life, he gives us a new name. Let's look. At Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, in the message translation, we've got a, oh, has that got honey? Oh, you are awesome. That is her name. <laughs> okay, back to the word. Matthew 16, verse 15 says, and this is where Jesus is asking the disciples, who do people say I am? And they're saying, oh, they think you're a prophet. They're thinking you're this, you're that. 
And then Jesus pressed them. And how about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus came back. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are. Really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church so expansive with energy, that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door, no more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. This is what Jesus does. He says, the minute we acknowledge who he is, the minute we tell him, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. Not only that, but you are my Lord. You are my savior. Romans tells us that it is with the mouth we confess, with the heart we believe, and then we are saved. We are healed. But the moment that we have that revelation, that God lets us in on the secret, the mystery, then at that point... God comes back straight away. Now you know who I am. Now you know that I am the Son of God. Now you know that I am Lord and I am Savior. Now you know that all things are being placed under my feet. I am now going to tell you who you are. And he gives us a new name. Your issue is not your name. It is not who you are. You see, identity is very important. Because if you because you're not aware, because you think it's, it's, it's just something, you've got you've to bring this brokenness and you've got to try and, and, and fix it somehow. Or you've got to try and wait for God to fix it in his own time or whatever it is. You think this is the problem, this is what needs to be focused on, this is what I need to be looking at, this is what I need to be understanding, this is what I need to be, um, you know, figuring out. How did this happen? Why did this happen? You know, and how does it, how do I stop it from happening again? In all of this focus, which we think is the right thing to do, we actually create a false identity. And identity is so important because identity determines thinking. Thinking about yourself, thinking about your life, thinking about your future, thinking about your relationships, thinking about your career. And your thinking dictates your behavior. You get your identity wrong, then you get everything wrong. Everything about your life. Because the lens in which you were looking through is marred. The lens that you were looking through is dirty. The lens that you were looking through is unclear. And you can't see your life properly. You can't see your children properly. You can't see your future properly. You can't see yourself properly. You can't see your spouse properly. You can't see anything properly. 
And then if you can't see, then how are you going to think right? And how are you going to behave right? How are you going to choose right? It is so important, ladies, that we understand who we are. The world will say to you that you are your issue. But God says you are not your issue. He doesn't look at you and see your issue. He looks at you and he sees his daughter. The world wants you to see that you are broken, that you need to be fixed. But that's not how God sees you. He says, now you know who I am. He said, I'm going to give you a new name. And this name is daughter. This name is healed. This name is whole. This name is complete. This name is clean. This name is new. This name is cherished. This name is delighted in. This name is approved of. Accepted. You have a new name. This is what God does. He doesn't rubber stamp our issue and say, yeah. Sorry about that. You're just now a depressed Christian. You're just now a sick Christian. You're just a failed, a failure who just, you know, is a Christian. He doesn't rubber stamp our brokenness. He lifts us up. Let me give you a scripture, Psalm 146, verse 8. It said, the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. I haven't got it written down here, but it's, remember that Psalm, Psalm 40, where it says, I cried out to the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the mud and the mire. And he gave my feet a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to my God. This is what God does. The minute we acknowledge who he is, the minute we say, Lord, the minute we say, Savior, the minute we say, I put my life in your hands, my trust is in you. He says, now I'm going to tell you who you are. I lift you up out of your sin. I lift you up out of your darkness. I lift you up out of your brokenness. I lift you up and I put you on a rock and I give you a firm place to stand and I give you a new name. You are not your issue. It is not your name. Jesus has come. Life has come. Light has come. Arise and shine, Isaiah says, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Something has happened in your life that has changed everything. That's why when Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, you know, you didn't learn that from a book. You, nobody taught you that. God showed it, but if... If that's what you know, if you know who I really am now, that I'm not just a man, that I'm not just a teacher, that I'm not just a prophet, now you know who I really am, this changes everything. It changes who you are. It changes what your life is now about. If we live out of our identity, and our issue, make it our identity, we will live 
small lives. But if we choose to live with God's identity, with the new name that he gives us, then we will live this expansive, great life that God has for us. I want you to choose your vantage point, ladies. How do we do this? Especially when we're in pain, especially when we've got the reminders of our circumstances and our issues on a daily basis, especially when we're looking and we're saying, you know, this is my reality. This is my home. This is my family. These are my, these are my finances. This is my body. How do we do that? And that is by choosing our vantage point. Did you ever see that movie called Vantage Point? Anybody? What it was is that there was a, it was a, a interesting concept because it said that uh, it just took one, one situation where there was a bomb attack in a public square and then you had different people there, you had the media there, you had the crowd that were there for the, for the speech that the, that the public figure was giving. We're going low-tech, okay? <laughs> and what it did is that it showed, the, it showed the perspective of all the different people that were there. It showed the perspective of the crowd, of the media, and especially with all their cameras. They had multiple cameras just pointing at this one place, and that's where the bomb went off. It showed the vantage point of the security guards. It showed the vantage point of the actual people who were, who were um, doing the... the the terrorist attack. And what it showed was is that nobody had the full facts. You see, if you choose to live from what you're struggling with, and I'll put you in a ditch here, this is our issue. If you choose, and this is your life, you get a very, very small part of the picture. If you are not in... in if you are not holding all the facts, then you have got the wrong end of the stick and you are living your life out of misunderstanding. But what God does is that we cry out to him, we get a revelation of who he is and he lifts us up. And now this becomes our vantage point. This is when the Bible says that he, we are seated with him in heavenly places that we are co-heirs with Christ. This is our identity. This is not just positive thinking. This is not just a pipe dream. This is not just, you know, religious mumbo jumbo. This has happened to us the moment that we put our trust in Jesus. He has lifted us up. And now we can choose where we're going to live. Are we going to live small lives looking through a little peephole of what is the actual situation of our lives? Or are we going to look from the vantage point of where he has lifted us up? This is where we are new. This is where we have a new name. This is where we have a new song. This is where we can see clearly in faith everything that God has for us. You are not your issue. This is not your name. 
You have a new name, but you have to choose your vantage point. You have to say to the enemy, that's not my name. You have to say to your family, that's not my name. You have to say to your co-workers, that is not my name. Right here, right now, we are now going to choose our new name. New creation, whole, clean, not guilty. This is a brand new life. And uh, this is daughter. This is now royalty. This is now I'm equipped with everything that I need. This is now accepted, approved. I don't have to jump through any hoops. I don't have to do any cartwheels. I don't have to prove myself. I don't, I am clean. I am whole. I am equipped. I am anointed. I have everything that I need. And this is now my new name. My identity is daughter. My identity is in him. Which name will you choose? In Deuteronomy 30, it says, I put before you blessings and curses. Now choose life. But we have to decide. Because God has already lifted us up. This is when we worship, we are lifted up. When we pray, we are lifted up. When we focus and meditate on his word, we are lifted up. When we choose to believe him instead of our circumstances, when we choose to believe him instead of our feelings, when we choose to believe him instead of what we see, when we choose to live by faith and not by sight, then we're living this grand, expansive life that God has for us. It is not one day when my ship comes in. It is not when we get all of our ducks in a row. It's not when everything is right and everything is good and everything is working properly. This is, it happened the moment that we put our trust in Jesus. And then we have to speak to our soul and say, catch up, soul. Your issue is not your name. It's not who you are anymore. I have a new name. I have a new identity. I have a new way of thinking. I have a new way of behaving. Choose your vantage point. I just want to give you a heads up. Heads up. Can I have the band? You wonderful, lovely people. It's a choice that we make. But I want to I want to tell you that the minute that you allow the truth, the minute that you open your heart and say Holy Spirit, I don't feel this. I don't see this. I don't understand how this can be the case, but I'm I need you to help me to see. I need you to fill my heart afresh. The moment that we say to the Holy Spirit, fill me afresh, He lifts us up. Do you know how many times in the Bible it says, and the Lord and the Spirit lifted me up? And the Spirit lifted me up. And the Spirit lifted me up. And the Spirit lifted me up. If you are in a place where you're saying, yes, my issue has become my identity. 
It's all I see. I see everything about my life through that lens. Then can I encourage you? Let the Spirit lift you up. Open up your heart. Open up your life to the truth of God's Word. And say, soul, why so downcast within me? Put your hope in God. That is not my name. That is not my identity. That is not who I am. No more. No more will I identify with my issue. No more. I choose to live whole. I choose to live free. I choose to live in my identity that Christ has won for me because he paid a high price. It wasn't just a token gesture. He didn't just come and try to go there, there. Let me make you feel better. No, he climbed onto a cross and he paid the ultimate price so that I could have a new name. So that I could have a new life. And I choose this day to live in that identity. But that's going to have to become your focus. That's going to have to become your lens. And that is going to take work. Every morning. When that issue comes up, that's not my name. My name is chosen. My name is delighted in, my name is whole. My name is equipped, my name is anointed, my name is loved. That's my name. Okay, here comes the heads up. The minute you change your vantage point, the minute you stop being this girl and you make a choice every day to be this girl, it's going to get messy. And let me tell you why. Because all your relationships, your whole life has been molded. The landscape of your life has been molded by this girl. By molded what she sees. Molded by what she feels. Molded by how she's processed her issue or how she is feeling about her issue. Her whole life, her marriage has been molded on it. Her parenting has been molded on it. Her career and all of her relationships at work have been molded by it. The minute you say, that's not my name. I choose to live here. Do you know what? People are going to have to adjust. It's like, whoa, what? No, 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 that's not, what, what's going on? What are you doing? You, in this circumstance, you normally would have folded by now. I always get my way in this situation. Because this girl, she goes, yeah, whatever. I just don't want to rock the boat. Or this is what I deserve. I deserve this kind of treatment. I deserve this kind of language. I deserve this. But the minute she try, she changes her vantage point, she's like, ah, I'm sorry. That's not my name. It, it's a little bit messy at first because people are going to, you're going to have to give your family time to adjust. You're going to have to give them, and, and don't worry about that. 
just accept that it might be a little bit messy because people are going to have to get used to your new name. They'll keep calling you your old name. And you just have to keep reminding them, no, I'm sorry, that's not my, that's not my name. Yes? So why don't you stand with me? I love this music, but I've got a little bit of a beat. Do you want to give me a beat? Okay. So we're going to be changing our vantage point, ladies. All right? And your soul is going to take a little bit of time to catch up. And your family are going to have a little bit of time to catch up. And can I say your friends, they might have a little bit of a problem, but they'll catch up. Okay? So the minute they try to box you in, the minute you try to go back to that girl, this is what I want you to say. I believe you. 
I think I do. But you don't know the level. You don't know the level of this name. This name doesn't want to just, it's just not going to roll over. It's not just going to give up. It's not just going to let go and go, oh yeah, sorry. My bad. I had the wrong person. No, this is a war. Changing your vantage point is choosing your weapon. Which vantage point are you going to have? Are you going to have your issue? Or are you going to have your identity in Christ? Which one? Which one? Okay, we're going to do it one more time. And then I want you to tell me like you believe it. Are you ready? They call me grief. They call me guilty. They call me broken. They call me lonely. Awesome.